All right, we're going. Okay. You're going. Damn, that's... That's really... That's a weird verb. That's a ring. Super metallic. So, I'm Matthew Martinson. I am Gordon McLattery. I'm Jack Menhorn. And this is Beards, Cats, and Any Game Audio. Uh, so we're coming from PAX. Um, that's a thing. We're all here, and Jack happened to be at PAX as well, so we thought it would be a great chance to uh, sit down and talk with Jack. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for being on. Yeah. So, Jack. Jack Menhorn. Yes. Who are you? I am a sound designer uh, and a, a reluctant composer living in North Carolina. Uh, and what have you worked on? I have worked on uh, such wonderful titles as Nova 111, which is why I'm here at PAX. I have worked on uh, quite a few mobile games that no one has ever heard of. I have worked, um, I work with Leap Motion. They make a little motion sensor thing for computers, and I am kind of like their uh, go to audio person for sound design and some music for like trailers and uh, their, their tutorial. Right. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I like didn't, I didn't know you worked with them. That's yeah, awesome. their tutorial video is uh, all my sound. Yep, cool. So it's kind of cool that any person that has Elite Motion has heard my music. Yeah, sweet. It's such a neat little device. Have you used it for music? No. They didn't give you one? No, I have one. Okay. Um, but uh, I just, my flow has never involved the, because it's more of like a performance Sort of yeah, that's true. That's true. Or like, if it's not for performance, it would be for like linear stuff because I guess you could move you, your hands around to like. You can use it to humanize MIDI. Yeah. Pretty effectively, I think. But I also think there's like a big lag. There is. I mean, I think I could get still. Into, well, it's getting a lot better. But yeah. I've seen I, some videos of people that are like playing drums on it and stuff. Well, that's which cool. is pretty cool. Oh, there's the like the the Wave Warper like app that uses yes. it as well. So like for for like swooshes. Right, right, right. You can use the Leap Motion to like. I've used it for that, and it's pretty sweet. But like day to day flow. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I'd be interested in it for my my weird music stuff, but yeah. not necessarily my game stuff. You know, like the last EP I put out, it was uh, I did two songs of zero input mixer improvs, which is about like esoteric and like snobby as music can get. I think <laughs> I, w- I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> for for anybody listening who doesn't know what zero input mixer stuff is, it's when you make a mixer feedback on itself with no instrument going into it and you play that. So I took and fed it through a giant chain of guitar pedals and then you just like tweak settings and EQs. Like you just you get it feeding back and then you like crank EQs and certain frequencies and it makes it sing at certain things and it's just a giant mess. And it's awesome. You sold that very well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, all my, I'm the worst seller of my own music. I'm like, <laughs> it's bullshit. <laughs> uh, so you also do some other stuff. You involved in doing Game Audio Hour podcast. Yeah. Rivals. <laughs> uh, and you're heavily involved in the Designing Sound website. Yes. I've been doing Designing Sound for three or four years now. Yeah. Uh, you didn't start Designing Sound, right? I'm trying to no, remember. No, uh, it was started How by did that come about? Miguel Asaza, uh, who just recently came back to Designing Sound, but he... He took a little time off. Yeah. And um, he, he recently came back. So he took some time off, and uh, he just needed someone else to take it over, and so he asked me, and I think I was the first person to say yes. Cool. <laughs> as, as a lot of things generally are, first person in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, and then so I just kind of, before it was mostly just Miguel, and then everyone saw someone, anyone else, but 
you know, I was kind of treading water for a little while, and then yeah. uh, got kind of rounded up the other contributors and added more contributors, so it's more of a, a collective. Whereas Miguel was kind of like the big boss, and now yeah. it's more democratic. Cool. Yeah, I remember. I remember when you guys, you guys. I think of it as you guys, not just you. Yeah. When it became a collective, when when that sort of shift happened, I remember seeing it and going, "Oh, I should get involved with that," and then being like, "I don't have time for that." <laughs> I want like wanting to do it and going, realizing that I was about to overcommit myself and be like, I'd be real shitty at it because I'd like be like, yeah, and then like, oh, I'm too busy. Yeah, you've done an like, article for it though. Yeah, yeah, I wrote an article once for it. That was cool. Was I there? I don't know. I think so. I, I wrote about so. Ninja. It wasn't that long ago, was it? Sean asked me to do it. Oh yeah, so that didn't involve me. Okay, that was two like two years ago. Yeah, okay. I met Sean at GDC and he was like, Hey, you did that awesome Ninja game. You should write a thing about it. And I was like, yes. Yeah, so, so I did. So yeah, you're talking about Sean Farley, who yes. is like definitely the, like the hardest working member of Designing Sound. He, he rounds up a lot more people and does a lot of administration stuff with me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, how big is the team? Uh, it's about eight or nine. We have, oh, really? uh, like we have three news editors, and then we have uh, quite a few uh, contributing editors. Contributing editors do the articles and interviews. Yeah. News editors just, hey, there's this cool link. Yeah. And you put us on there, which is cool. Yeah, I rounded nice. up all the different podcasts that yeah. I knew of, and there were some others I didn't. So yeah, there's some new ones since then too. Yeah, there's like, Bigs and Bloops. Yes, it's the newest one. I haven't yeah. heard it yet, but I I hope to hear good. They're things. a good bunch out of Texas. Yeah, they're they're one of the weekly ones, which I mean, we're yeah. monthly. I couldn't do a weekly. I like props to them for pulling off a weekly, and props to the, all the people involved in the Game Audio Hour for doing weekly. I'm just like, I can't do it. Weekly is difficult. Yeah, yeah. weekly is very difficult. Um, like I'll say about the the game audio hour podcast, so many names that are so close together. <laughs> um, I think it's really great that it is a group of people because I know that like you kind of like come and go on it, and it seems like it's a group that not everyone always does it. So it's like, oh, I'm too busy this week, I'm gonna bow out, and like it's okay because there's enough people to fill up what's going on. Yeah, that, absolutely. Which is cool. And we have quite a few different perspectives. So Kyle Johnson does music, and yeah. Sound design, but he's mostly music. Like Kyle's worked on like Guitar Hero, and he was at NeverSoft for a while. Yeah, he's all over the place. Mike Shapiro, Foley, and like orchestral music sort of territory. Alex May um, yeah. in Japan, who is complete opposite. Like duh, he, he's actually a graphical designer who has transitioned into game audio. Oh, really? He cool. does. He he's. I don't think he's ever touched a sample. Everything yeah. he does is wow. synthetic. That's wow. awesome. That's pretty neat. And he's actually doing very well with that, and like he's becoming kind of like the go-to guy for that That's sort cool. of. Because that that would lend you to having a very unique sound. Yes, I think, yeah, and he definitely does. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It turns out that uh, there was a guy, a Clay, who was at Clay for a really long time, and he moved back to Japan, and he knows Alex, mm. and like it turned out that I connected with Alex, I think, over Twitter, and then we realized, hey, we both know Marcus, like. It was like, that was weird. It's a small industry. Yeah. <laughs> I ran into a guy when I was working the booth today, the artist from the game Incredipede. He's a professional spider photographer. You can do that? That's his job. He works for an entomology lab. That's pretty awesome. And he had been emailed by the same tourism company that sent me to Peru. The same, wow. The same person. Emailed. <laughs> it was super bizarre. Super bizarre. I also don't want to forget Vincent Diamante on the Game Audio Hour because he's super Well, I think you did. Well, no, you guys kept talking and I couldn't say anything. So. Okay, Because I'm enough. not rude. 
<laughs> we are. We play, we, play, we play nice on the podcast, but yeah. really. We hate each other. We're yeah. not even friends. <laughs> I despise a, him. It's all an illusion. I totally despise him. <laughs> I was like, I should start a podcast. Who should I get? I should get somebody I hate. Mm. Yeah, Gord. Perfect. Yeah, that guy. Hate breeds art. Attention. <laughs> anyway, so let's back to Jack. Uh, so, like, what's your what's your sound history like? So, I started really getting into game audio around between like 2005, 2007. I graduated high school in 2003. Really wasn't sure what to do, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm going to do music. Was any of us? Uh, no, like. Uh, I mean, I know you. I got an English degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I you know eventually got a piano degree. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I was like, I'm going to do game music, get a piano degree, uh, actually a composition degree. It's a very small college named Greensboro yeah. College. And so I'm emailing colleges like, hey, do you have some sort of composition degree? And they're like, no, but we'll make one for you. <laughs> cool. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, I did that. And then I get out and I'm like, well, I'm not actually all that good at like orchestral music. Yeah. And I don't really like to do orchestral music. And a lot of the composing jobs are that, and as well as right. other, other genres. Like, I don't want to ever have to make like a Western banjo theme. Like, see, I heard that. I, I was just, like, I man, I'd that try that. I'm like not even a composer, and I'd try to make. A, no. I'd like to do some banjo. Stuff. I had to do. A, I did a banjo theme for. I really want games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really want to get a, a banjo ukulele, like just for no reason. Those, those are, are cool. That seems cool. Yeah. But like, I didn't want to have to do any of that sort of stuff. Not yeah. that it, it's it's fine. People well, you, who, well, you were just wanted to do your own thing for the most part, right? For, musically, I, yeah, I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And I was like, well, so I can't really be like a a super boss pro. Just come right out of school and be like, I just do this. Right. So I was like, <laughs> I should I should do more sound design too. And so yeah. what happened was I I did music for a game called or a mod called The Haunted, which was an Unreal. Three mod, and yeah. this, was, this was back before UDK. Mm-hmm. So this was the way that up and coming people got experience. So I I did that. I did music for it, and then it won the Make Something Unreal contest or the second one. Yeah, which gave them a full license to Unreal, and hey, it's going to be like a real thing, a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like okay, cool. And so they start making it, and then they're like, hey, so you did the music, but we. Uh, ran out of people to record to do monster voices. Do you want to do them? Do some. And so I did, and I really liked it. Yeah. And I was like, so do you want me to like put them in the engine? I'm like, yeah, if you want. So then I learned how to use Unreal Engine, like the sound system and that, through that mod. And then, so I get into Unreal, putting sounds in, and then I'm playing around the levels, and I see like every like three feet inside the game, they have like emitters like of... <laughs> Like 3D sounds for like wind and like. Oh, really? Uh, so I'm like, hey, um, and everything's set to the default radius. Yeah. Yeah. It's because just like whatever level designer made it. Just put, yeah. I'm like, hey, is it okay if like I fix this? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure. And then like I had the time of my life. Yeah. Like uh, I loved the, the implementation part because like yeah. some of those sounds weren't even my sounds, but I still loved making them work. Yeah. Yeah. Because what like it's because it's implementation. It's the same thing as um, technical sound design. Or... That's a hundred percent what won me over. That's what pushed me into game sound. Because uh, I went to school assuming I was going to wind up in film. And yeah. As soon as implementation happened, I was just hooked. Yeah. Yeah. It's like implementation is like um, so sound design is like is like three D modeling, and then implementation is like level design. If you're the level designer, yeah. you're not necessarily yeah making all those models. 
but you're still putting those models where they need to be. And yeah. that's what I love about implementation. It's yeah. like you create the sonic world. Yeah. yeah. That's that's when you get to sort of see the magic happen. Like there's nothing more satisfying than going from the middleware, going into the game, playing it, and have having that dimension suddenly be there and working in real time. Yeah. It's crazy cool. I was thinking about back when I was at EA, I was like architecting how that system was going to work. And I would have this huge whiteboard in my office and I would just be like, okay, what's what are all the things and just start drawing out the, how out this hierarchy, hierarchy of yeah. how everything was going to go. I love doing that part. The planning. Yeah. Yeah, I love the planning as well. Yeah. But I also kind of I kind of twist my brain in nuts sometimes. Yeah. That's the thing. I'll just sit and stare at stuff for a while, going, like, okay, no, like all this stuff that I got it, like, has to fit in, and then start drawing, and then you'd be like, no, 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 okay, that that doesn't, that part of the tree is totally like wrong. Yeah, it needs to go over here, and it's like should branch off from this, and it needs all of these events contained within it, and like, what do I need to cover everything? And just making this huge thing that would then live on the wall for like the rest of the project with giant do not erase lists on it. (laughs) I, f- I find I've been prototyping dynamic music in Viking Squad, and every song is different. And then I'm like, oh, now I have to go back and re-implement the other songs to be <laughs> as good as this one is now. Right. Just a lot of redos. But yeah, so I, it, yeah, I put in all those sounds, and I just loved it. So from there, I just started getting more and more into sound design. Yeah. And uh, it just, that part took off. And then I started getting gigs for music and sound design, so I just keep doing both. Like I never like 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 stabbed my, my my music career in the face and like dumped it in a lake or anything. I still like doing music, <laughs> like but I like doing certain types of music because I feel qualified to do those. Right, right. Whereas I don't want to like bullshit my way through like some job interview for orchestral stuff and then just you know have a heart attack. Yeah. as soon as the work starts. Yeah. yeah, that's like I, I come from a total music background originally. Like I was learned composition in, in high school and played jazz and came from a real music background, but like I, I wouldn't say I'm a composer to anybody requesting music. The odd times I've had music in a game has been something like I've had a light bulb like, oh, I can I can do that. I can do some weird ambient stuff that'll work for that. Mm-hmm. I'll just go and do it and then present it like, here, I did this thing. Like what about this? Or is it bad and we should get the composers to redo it? Right. And it's been like, oh, yeah, okay, that works. That's good. We'll leave mm-hmm. it in. But it's just been by fluke, you know? Yeah, maybe, like, I shouldn't be so hard on myself because the, the, the projects that I do music on, like, I have very little, like, pushback on stuff. And I have yeah. very few revisions. But maybe it's just because I'm so laser-focused on the sorts of music gigs I get. You're right. Because my stuff with Elite Motion and, like, the stuff with Funktronic Labs, who's making Nova 111, which is why I'm out here, both those gigs, I, like, they're like, hey, make some music kind of like this, and then I'll make something sort of like that. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, that's great. And I'm like, um, do you want me to do anything else with it? And they're like, no, that's great. No, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. It's, it's, it's the, the best, best one that happens. It's the it. best and worst thing, because it's like, you're like, on one level, you're like, yeah, I nailed it. I did it. It was like, they love it. But then there's the party that's going, well, maybe they're just not saying that they, like, maybe they're not like comfortable saying what's oh, wrong with it. Maybe and then you start like second guessing stuff. I'm not saying it about that project, but that's like that's that thing. You're like, oh, oh did I do it right? Or are they are they or, just being polite? Or or polite? Or or maybe they just don't care. Yeah, that, that's a worry. But no, it's it's still with with both those gigs and any of my music gigs. There's still the absolute neurosis of like they could have loved everything I've done before, which they have, 
Right. And every time I submit something new, like it's still like, like, like rubbing my chin, wandering around, wondering when they're going to get back to me. And I like, hate like su- submitting something. Say you're in a Skype chat conversation, and you send it to them, and then there's silence for like four minutes while they're listening to it. And you start this, the so-and-so is typing something. And it just keeps going. And it just keeps going and going. And you're like, you've been typing for like, it feels like an hour. And then, and then he'll just be like, yeah, it's good. It's like, ah, type, type faster. Yeah, I would just prefer like a thumbs up emoticon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like the, the Elvis dancing one or something. Yeah. So we are... Um, ill-prepared for this podcast. Usually we have like a whole bunch of stuff of like, oh, this is our, our itinerary of what we're going to talk about. This, this really was just like Jack. Yeah, That's the Jack. whole like, I don't think we prepped anything past that. It's like, just talk to Jack. I feel honored that you are unprepared for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Sweet. that says about either of us. Any Anybody involved yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. Read into what you want, listener. Yep. So, like, what's going on with Nova 11? It's the newest, it's the most complex game you've done. Isn't uh, it, it? It's uh, pretty in-depth. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the most I've had involvement in. Uh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. very rare that I've done music, sound design, and implementation. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've done music, or I've done sound design, implementation, and extra music before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nova 111 is fully my baby. If yeah. sweet. anything goes wrong with it, it's only my fault. Once it's, once it's done, though... Speaking from experience, once it's done, it's just like it's amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I've had it, I've been at this a long time, and Mark of the Ninja was the first game that I really felt was like mine, mm-hmm. like audio wise. Like I did some, I did extra music, I did voiceover, I did editing, implementation, design, like just vision, sound wise. Yeah, you know, and it was obviously we always need a team to create a game. So, it's, but that was out of all the games I've done. That was the first one that I was really like, this is mine. And when it was done, I was like, this this is awesome. Like, this was a great feeling to be like, yeah, that's that's me right there. Yeah, I still don't really have that yet, I guess. I mean, I did most, I did the vast majority of the sounds for yeah. Legacy. But I haven't, it hasn't been like that for me yeah, yet. Yeah, well, it only. But I have two coming down the pipe. It, it only so. took me like eight years to get to that point. Oh, <laughs> man. <that's, laughs> Because I never all the AAA stuff I did. I'm like I'm proud of the AAA stuff I did, and I did, but I didn't feel like ownership. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was this? Like the like? clay team really just gave me ownership of the audio of Mark of the Ninja. That mm-hmm. it was just like you know best, do what you know best, right? And we'll support you in that. Like was good. When you were working at EA, was it pretty granular? Like were you only cutting crowds or only no, cutting because car sounds? The the or was the team smaller. Um. The first two games I got were on were more like that. Like, yeah. well, the the first game I ever did audio for was NHL, okay. and I was the third man on the team. Like the audio, the sports audio teams there were kind of like there was a sound effects guy and a speech guy, and then at a certain point in development, they'd bring on somebody else to like fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So I did anything the other guys didn't have time to or needed help with. So I did, I did some speech stuff. I did some script editing, I prepping for, for dialogue sessions, did some speech editing, right. did goal horn creation, just like whatever animation tagging, you know, just a hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah. So it was totally like, I'm the third man on the team. I'm totally, no one. It's kind of the most interesting position to have. 
It was great. It was yeah. a great first thing to do game audio for because I got to touch kind of everything. And then I did Underground, and I was the speech guy. I was brought in because speech ballooned out, and they needed a speech guy. So, like, yeah, it was very, like, broken up into pieces. Mm-hmm. And then I did all the work on PSP, which was really about crushing a, a console game down to fit into that experience. Right. And you were the only guy doing it, so it wasn't... You had the whole vision, but your vision was just make it work. <laughs> right. Which I learned a lot. I'm so glad I did that work. I think you learned how to be creative within a small footprint and small technical space, and you learn a lot doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, here you've you've got a meg of memory and two streams. Make the sports game sound good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people couldn't do that. <laughs> right. And so, what's your pipeline like working with? How's that team so, to uh, work with? Uh, for Nova 111, it's pretty easy. Um, I just have Perforce access through FMOD Studio, and I put sounds in, and I tell them to listen to them. And then they let me know. So so you're putting them right into the game? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like sometimes they'll preview them in like Google Drive or whatever, yeah. but uh, for the most part, it's just like they tell me something needs a sound, mm-hmm. what they kind of think that should sound like. And yeah. Then, you go and hook it up. And yeah, I make it and hook it so up. So are you like messing with scripts, hooking it up at that no, stage? No, it's just uh, just through FMOD Studio, and then I just give them the event. So you're name. like, I made the events. Here's the events name. Hooked them up to this action. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's like that's the same how kind of I work. Yeah. As yeah, well, same. I don't. I don't dig into. We use Lua for our scripting, and I don't. I could, but I don't. I've I've done that on like Unity projects before, yeah. like. They had like their own like proprietary or custom made animation system that was in text, and I used that. But yeah. there's no reason to use that anymore. Not now that like Wise and yeah. FMOD have the Unity plugins, and they're pretty cheap. So yeah, I don't foresee having to. So, do that so you're still having to wait for a programmer to hook something up when you're like, I made a bunch of stuff. Here's a dump of events. Yeah, wait for them to hook it up. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's. I don't work any different, <laughs> right? And then on, on the music <laughs> on the music side, it's pretty much I you know make something on my laptop that I like, and then yeah. I'm like, hey, this is this is sound, this sounds like it'll work for Nova, and then I'll send it to them, and they're like, yeah, it'll probably work in this level, and they're like, yeah. okay, I'll I'll put it in. Cool, sweet. Music wise, is it just you going? I'm going to make a bunch of music, and then hopefully some of it'll work for Nova, or is it this is the X level? Make some music that fits. Well, they're so still so much in the process of designing levels and the, and the worlds that I don't really have visibility on that part of it. So I'm yeah. just making tunes that I think sound cool and that I think they'll probably think sound cool. Yeah. Right. And then we'll, That's cool. That's... And then I just make the cool tune and then we'll hook it up to the world that it sounds good with. And if we have extra songs, we're going to just have a better... like Better soundtrack. Yeah. Better soundtrack, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just bigger, better soundtrack. Yeah, that's cool. And I just, yeah, I make a... So when we started Nova, the two programmers uh, that make up Funktronic Labs were still working at Q Games in Japan. And so they started Nova as a side project. So I made some tunes then, because we, we had visuals back then too. And then there was a bit of a break while they were still at Q, and then they left Q and started Funktronic. And when I started back up, like I, got, I had just got back into using Ableton, yeah, uh, which was really beneficial, because uh, Ableton, you have... I, I work in Ableton in the clip view. There's also the session view, which is linear, like any other doc. I use only the linear view. Yeah, yeah, that seems like everyone's like, oh, you use Ableton? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love the clip view. And they're like, ah, I don't use that. 
I'm like the only one that. But so because if, if I'm yeah, doing anything, you're, yeah, you're the only one I know who who does that. Well, I, feel, I feel like a lot of the dance music really? producers. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's it. I don't know any of those guys. Yeah, so I mean, I know that's I, all. Bion, who has done work with Q Games, he uses the clip view. Yeah. But um, if I want to do like the linear view, I use Logic because right. I've used Logic since I started. Right. But I specifically got able to because I really like that clip view. Right. You. And especially because that's kind of how I prototype out dynamic like music with the with the looping sections. Yeah, so that's able cool. to turn them on and off. Yeah, yeah, because you can just kind of load them up, and then you don't have to have like a, a big old stem that has just like um, all of the instruments playing all at the same time. You can, yeah, because I have the launch pad, which is a big like matrix grid yeah. thing, and then like you can oh, sweet. punch things in and hear, oh, will this sound good, or will this sound good? And then it's yeah. like, oh, well, that will sound good, so that's what I'm going to do in FMOD. Yeah. It's cool to be able to prototype stuff out in a way that yeah. fits like the game workflow. Right. I mean, you can prototype stuff and then you know throw, you can make some stru- tracks and throw them in Y, see what they sound like, throw, and then yeah. go back to it. But like just like right at like the, the, the infancy of the creative process, I'm still able to do that. Yeah. And it seems like Y's and FMOD are almost trying to become DAWs. As yeah, well. F mod especially. Which I mean, F- like, how, yeah. How do you feel about that? Is it good? Well, when I I'm working in it, I kind of want it sometimes. Um, I I find it pretty um, janky in yeah. F mod studio. I mean, I don't think Wise is doing it as much, but like F mod, uh, the because their the look is a lot like Ableton, even mm-hmm. down to like parameters and like being knobs. Yeah, yeah. And so they have that circular sort of movement you got to do with a mouse. That's not super uh, like ergonomic or mm-hmm. like mouse friendly. I, I mean, I think there's an aside to just about everything. That thing when you do the circular motion, because there's like I know plugins that do that as well. It's like it's not just an Ableton thing. It's like there's some plugins go up and down, and some go the weird curvy thing. The curvy thing is dumb. I yeah, just it. just give me a slider, man. Yeah, it just. I'm fine with a knob. I'm fine with visually looking at a knob, but just but give me up and, down. and down. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, control-wise, I want to, like, scroll up and down with my mouse. So uh, all you manufacturers out there do that. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's because uh, their philosophy behind that whole look is to use a mixer with it. To which, make it seem analog, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, it looks cool, and, like, I'd love to have a... Thousand, Which I think that I mean answer. I could be totally wrong because I don't know I'm not a programmer and I don't know the back end but it seems like you could you could have the knobs have up and down mouse wise and still have them hook up to a MIDI like whatever controller that's a knob and move knob like like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm gonna I want a knob that I grab with my hand I want to turn like a knob but a mouse I want to move up and down yeah certainly but but my my reasoning there was that uh, the reason it's like that is because their focus is not in. Uh, they don't. They're not thinking about that because yeah. they're thinking about the console. So that's where their quality control is. Their right. mm-hmm. their design philosophy is. Whereas, well, it, it works with a mouse. That's good enough. Yeah. But so, like, uh, back to your question, Gordon. Like, I, I don't think uh, middleware needs to look like DAWs. Wise has proven that really. Like, I, I mm-hmm. don't know anyone that hates Wise. No. And Wise no. is Wise yeah. is very hierarchical and just boxes next to boxes and Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember if we talked about this before, but I taught a game audio for game designers class one time. And I was a large part of it as I was teaching on Pro Tools. And like so much of the Pro Tools paradigm is based off of using a real mixer, using a real studio. And these were a bunch of kids, because that's what I call everybody, um, that 
were were not audio people. Mm-hmm. So when I was like, "Oh, this is this is how this works," and they were like, "Why?" Like the paradigm just broke down for them because they've never been exposed to a mixer or a you know. They're like, "Why is it a what, what's this bus thing? Why is this like that? Why doesn't it work like Photoshop? Why, where's the layers?" And I had to like take a step back and go, "Look, like, oh, okay, I got to teach you what a studio is yeah. first, so that you can learn why." This is the way it is. Well, see, and, that's- and for me, like middleware is this whole new thing of alluding to what you're saying. Why are we basing it off a DAW? Yeah, because it never a DAW was is based off of place. a recording studio. Yeah, where this is this new thing that maybe we should have a new paradigm for it. Right, exactly. And I mean, I I totally agree. And but maybe that's my own bias because I didn't. I wasn't taught in a, like a studio setting. Like yeah, I didn't, neither like, was maybe, I. Maybe, but I was taught in a real studio. Mm-hmm. Real studio, quote unquote. <laughs> Big air quotes there. Uh, like I cut tape and you know worked with that kind of like worked with data ads and like I'm used. To, I grew up from that. That's where my bases come from. And I'm still like, why does this have to ape that? It's not the same thing. Right. That's why I really like Reaper because yeah. uh, it you have the bus system in there, but you can also just have like the child parent system, which makes. Mm-hmm. A lot more sense to me. It's like, why do I need some weird master fader over somewhere? It's like, have the top track that everything's childhood under be the master. Right. Right. Similar to grouping in Ableton. Yeah, exactly. But but uh, in Ableton, grouping is. I wish that Ableton had the grouping that Reaper does because you can have a child of a child of a child of a child. Yeah, I wish that you could do that as but well. But Ableton only has uh, like one child. One child, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I, I didn't grow up with studios either, and so I, it's almost like you have to reverse learn. Yeah, and then also I was especially using Ableton, where all the plugins are very compact, don't take up much space, all look for quite similar, mm-hmm. and then buying these VSTs like Waves that are are aping these analog systems, yeah. and it takes up half my screen. That <laughs> pisses me off because I don't know what that thing is. Yeah, I didn't care. And I just I, <laughs> I I like love and hate all that kind of stuff. Like it's like yeah. Uh, well, the, sound toys is pretty notorious. Uh, they're I huge. Love, I mean, they're eaten, but you love them. But they're huge. Them. Or love uh, it doesn't mean the plugins bad or good. I'm just gonna it's put just decapitator a, over this whole mix. It's just a large. <laughs> it's a large interface. Uh, Logic's real bad about that. Like really, sculpture and ultra beat. Like they're all like space. Like they're what. 1997 thought the future would look like. Right. Oh, okay. And I, I'm thinking of stuff like uh, the tape emulations from Waves, where the reels roll when you press play. It's like, no, it's like it's the first like, time I do, it, I'm like, that's cool. And then you're like, man, how much is how much check HP your latency? Yeah, like, how much yeah, CPU is like getting wasted animating that? I really don't need that. Can I turn it off? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool the first time where you're like, yeah, and then you're like, oh, it's like, oh wait, the drum beats don't even line up anymore. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I posted on Reddit asking questions. Awesome. I got one. Let's make a count. What <laughs> are your favorite games for audio? There's a two. There's more to it, but that's the first part. So let's go start with there. We'll start go around. Well, so well, what's the second part? Maybe the second part will inform our answer to the first part. Also, if you could choose any one game to work on, what would it be and why? Yeah, those could be overlapping. Always keep up the great work. Look forward to the next episode. I look forward to this episode as well. <laughs> I'm not. So meta. <laughs> so do I start? As the guest. Guest first. Yeah. Uh, just one or do I can I? You can, you can combine them. That's totally yeah. legit. Well, no, just uh, multiple games or just... Uh... You can do well, multiple it says, games. Well, it says favorite games. Okay. Well, so, so I think if multiples is a totally fair choice. It's... Uh, Mega Man X. 
Yeah. The Super Nintendo is probably my favorite game ever. Mm-hmm. And um, it might not be my favorite audio game ever. Yeah, what's, specifically, what's your favorite audio game? Not audio game, but... Game with audio in it. What's the favorite audio of a game? I'm, I'm phrasing that horribly. Well, I, I still think Mega Man X is up there. Like, yeah? Mega Man X, like, it's... Gameplay-wise, it's super polished. It's like almost like chess. Like, you can't remove any one part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or else, like, the entire thing would yeah. fall apart. Yeah, that's and cool. And you can't add anything to it, or else everything would fall apart. Yeah. Hence, Mega Man X2 through X9 not doing very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but... Audio, the music is just badass. Mega Man music was always so good. Yeah, Mega Man 2, I think, like, in the, in the hierarchy of people's favorite music, it's like Mega Man 2, maybe 3, and then mm-hmm. X. X is. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, like, I never played any of the older Mega Mans because those were just bananas hard. And yeah. I had a Super Nintendo, not a Nintendo. So. Jeff Tangsuck from Power Up is a master of original Mega Man. Yeah. He can beat yeah. it in, like, 10 minutes. It's entertaining. Cool. But the, 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 the sound in that is super cool, especially with, you know, what they had to work with. And so the crazy thing is, in Mega Man, if you're playing it right, you're constantly playing the same two sounds over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mega Man has a, a Mega Buster that can charge up. So if you're doing it right, you're always charging while you're moving. So yeah. you're always going, woo, and then you have the woo, woo, woo of the, the charge. So that plays pretty much in the mix the entire time you play the game. Right. right? And but the fact that that doesn't get old. Right. That no one, no one like, hates the audio of Mega Man X means that yeah. they did it right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And the other one is he has a dash move, which is faster than walking. So you're always charging up and then dashing. So it's whoosh, sh, whoosh, whoosh. And those two sounds, like they only had, you know, one sample each or one, yeah. one synth program each on mm-hmm. that. And it works. And that's bananas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say Mega Man X is, is super cool. And Halo? Yeah. Halo got me into... Game audio specifically, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. game audio, like uh, Morrowind and Halo. Like I was like, I was wanting to do music, and I was wanting to do a lot of different types of music. And right. I played those two games, early Xbox uh, yeah. titles, and I was like, this, this is a really cool tune. So you didn't want to do orchestral music, but I picked those two. But games. you picked Halo. Well, no, I wanted <laughs> to. I wanted to do orchestral music then. Then, 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 then you did. <laughs> then I went to college for orchestral music, and then afterwards I'm like. You know what? <laughs> but, but not just fair enough. But not just the the music in Halo. Uh, yeah. Like really good voice acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Really good voice acting goes a long way. Really good futz. I had to I had to emulate a futz for a game, and they sent me the Halo as a reference, and I was like, man, that's a good futz. <laughs> you know the weapons. Yeah. Super weird. Some of the weapons were super weird, and they made it work. You yeah. Had, you yeah. had a bunch of different alien languages that worked. Yeah. A um, bunch of cool vehicles, uh, and it just all came together. And everyone loves Halo, and Halo is still so. Going does strong. everyone love Halo? Yeah. You love Halo? I love Halo. I I haven't played the campaign. I've that's one of the really? only games where I played almost exclusively multiplayer. Hmm. I never had any any uh, consoles. Like I had an NES. Then I got my next console was an Xbox One. This year, I had nothing in between. And I started. I started out on, on a. I got a PS1, but super, super late. I always had friends who had, like, the I had Nintendo. friends, so that's why I yeah. always played multiplayer Halo. I yeah. always had consoles around, like, my dad uh, yeah. had a Nintendo, and he played, like, RBI Baseball and Bases Loaded yeah. and stuff. Then we got the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. I was, the, I was that kid that had both systems. Yeah. 
Well, See, I, I did. I, I didn't. I, I had. I bought myself a PlayStation One. Like once I had moved out, we were a PC house. Like I started with a Commodore sixty four, and then had a PC, and like I just. I was a PC gamer, so. Well, I didn't get a PC until I was like in eighth grade. Yeah. But so we had a PS1, and then like, but I never got games for it. I never, for whatever reason, I didn't really like seek out games for it. Yeah. Maybe because like the games that were bought for me were like crappy licensed things. So I just wasn't really into them. Yeah. But then the Xbox PS2 hype started. Mm -hmm. Like, I got like a gaming magazine, like, this Xbox thing looks really cool. And then I saw a Halo trailer on TV, and like, that looks really neat. Yeah. And then. Like, don't know why, just out of nowhere, I'm like, I like video games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gord. Uh, favorite sounding game? Yeah. I'm, I'm making you guys go first because I'm stalling. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah, think. Yeah, you guys put me on the spot. There have been, like, I'm just going to go just because it was really recent and absolutely blew my mind was the PT uh, promo for. Right. Uh, I, didn't, I, haven't, I haven't done that. Check absolutely out. terrifying. Yeah. It's the scariest thing that's ever been made in games, period. And it's all about the sound. And it represents, yeah. it fully represents how you can, what you can do with sound and the unseen menace and how yeah. much money you can save by doing that. Right. Because there's an entire, like, murder scene that plays out 100% in audio. And it's made scarier because of that. Yeah. And it's, it sounds impeccable. It's, nice. It sounds perfect. Hmm. It's your turn. Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. That's always been one of my like. It's. I I know there's more. There's more games that I think sound amazing. But whenever anyone puts me on a spot, I just think of Silent Hill. Yeah. And it's creepy's all get out. You know the the radio thing. I give huge credit to. If you play Silent Hill without the sound on, you die. Mm-hmm. You have to. Uh, yes. You have to have the sound up right. and listen for that radio. And when that radio static starts coming in, you're like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and then you start looking around because you know something's coming. Like, and that's it. If you played with the sound off, you just be like, "Do do do!" Oh, I'm dead. Some dogs came out of nowhere and ripped my face off. Yeah, you know. And the sound when it switches worlds was like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, always. I loved, I loved, I would come home and wait till like midnight and put Silent Hill 1 on the TV and turn all the lights off and just like scare the pants off myself. Yeah. Yeah. I know Joey, Joey Goddard was, is like in full agreement with you. I'm yeah. pretty sure he'd have the exact same answer for the exact same reasons. Yeah. He, he talks about it all the time. So that and uh, Battlefield. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say like Battlefield. Like generally just the whole series. Battlefield. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I started cool. out with... Uh, my before video game sound job, I was a tester for a little while, and it was when Battlefield 1942 came out. And like our lunch hours in between testing would be like we'd all fire up 1942. This is before team chat and everything too, so we'd all like jump on the same server and get on the same side. And we could all just yell at each other about what's going on, and it was like amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah, I, I think by default everyone's uh, choice would be. Like if you can't think of a a, a cool sounding game, just just say Battlefield because yeah. you'll, you'll be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's like the guns are some of the best sounding guns in games, like bar none. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned. Now that they've moved into their um, HDR audio stuff, it's just it's amazing sounding, and the music all stems back that original big triumphant orchestra music, which was perfect for that game, mm-hmm. and. 
generally the way they've morphed that music as it's gone on has always really fit what the next game is. Like when they did Battlefield 2 and it went to like to to the modern times in the Middle East and it started getting like Middle Eastern instruments in it, but it still had the big triumphant horns and stuff was like, all right, this is like, I know this is Battlefield and I know it's something different, but you can always place it. You hear it and you're like Battlefield. Yeah. You know, which is for a piece of music to last that long, you know, it's like uh, the Doctor Who theme. A whole yeah. bunch of people have done the Doctor Who theme, but you always know that it stemmed from what Delilah did and that it's like you hear it and you're like, Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what she did for a salary. <laughs> on a bunch of tape machines that weren't synced together and no synthesizers yeah. on tone jobs. Never got paid She for blows it. my mind. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, and dream game to work on would be? Yeah. Ooh, a dream game to work on. Uh, that's a very good question. That I'm stalling on. I'll go first. Please do. Uh, I know my my current dream games that I'm working on are working on games at Clay. Like I honestly yeah. am. Like I love what I get to work on. That's, if, that's kind of a BS and, answer, though. And <laughs> the stuff that we don't do that I would like, I'd love to do a racing game again. Mm-hmm. But it's fine that I'm not, um, because I would want to do like such a huge budgeted racing game that I'd probably like then not like it because there's so much stuff that goes along with that. You know, I just want to go record like fancy cars that are really yeah, loud. Right. You know, that's funny. Um, but I'd only want to do it one. I'd want to do one really like expensive racing game, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm done with this. I want to do something else now. Yeah. I have no interest in doing a racing game. Racing audio is a completely different it's, type yeah, of game. Yeah, totally. I did a whole bunch of Need so. for Speeds, and uh, yeah. I, you know, that's a different skill set completely. Yeah, and it's such a specialized skill set. Yeah. Like you to do it well, you need somebody who really knows that world. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So, so I'd like I'd love to do a, like a big racing game again, but I love the stuff that we get to do because I've just got to get to do my thing and mm-hmm. the the creativity and like leeway I've got to do that is huge. Like I really like I have hit the I'm in my perfect working conditions, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Knock on wood, like that that doesn't change. Yeah. I'd really like to work on I want to work with Sam Justice on something. I love everything that he does. Oh, he's like, dear, like well, he didn't do much on Dear Esther, but it just like the things that he does with the Chinese room is so cool. Yeah, and Machine for Pigs is probably another one of my favorite sounding yeah. games. As far as the the choices that he made for the assets he picked are all amazing choices. Every sound in that game is scary, even the ones that don't matter for the story, like. Pulling out your lantern scares the crap out of you. And you, <laughs> and you did it. You're the one that did it. So I, I would like to do. So that. do we know if do we know if Sam listens to this? Uh, well, I talked to Sam. I'll yeah. see if I can. Uh, well, I'm not <laughs> applying for a job. Don't mention my name, but you know he can listen to this and go, Sam. Gord really wants to work with you. <laughs> well, I'll let him know that this episode specifically has yeah. been mentioned. Let's pick yeah. him out. <laughs> But I would uh, so I have two answers. Uh, so my first for like like a big game or something would probably be like a like a like a sci-fi horror game. Yeah, I really yeah doubling back. I really want to do a horror like game. Probably every sound designer's yeah. answer when they really <laughs> want to do a horror it. game. Yeah, yeah. What are the what are the like the stereotypes that we've come up with for what every programmer every programmer wants to make a turn-based space strategy game. Yeah. 
Every sound designer wants to do a science fiction horror. <laughs> I would I would even chop off. I think every sound designer wants Let's to do a horror, horror game. Yeah, yeah we just want to. You can, like, I wouldn't and then you can be like, oh, that guy wants to do a sci-fi horror. That guy wants to do a fantasy horror. Yeah. But no, I like, you know, Dead Space, but you like mixed with Destiny or something. Oh, yeah. okay. Would be real cool. Like, expansive, big spaces. I love, yeah. like, um, there's a manga artist named Sutomu Nihei. Okay. He, uh, Knights of Sidonia is on Netflix. He was, he's the author of that. But um, he was originally an architecture major. So, like, he does like, oh, wow. huge, yeah, cool. expansive, like, structures. Like, yeah. one of the settings of his, one of his stories, the, uh, like, this big industrial complex that it took place on, uh, reached from the sun to Jupiter. Whoa. So, so there's like huge spaces. So yeah. I'd love to do like a game kind of set in that. Yeah. So like that's for like a big budget game. I'd also like yeah. to work on some sort of big budget, studio run, studio designed, non-violent game. Yeah. Because I don't know what the mechanics would be, but I think the mechanics to make something compelling enough to yeah. play would require interesting and fun sounds to do yeah that would be like my other just non-specific type of game i want to work on something that's heavily heavily narrative and very very atmospheric which actually goes back to you could do a lot of horror games in that yeah but i i would like i'd be down to do like a drama or something well well. yeah well i I wouldn't necessarily want it to be a, a drama because i don't like doing linear stuff right uh but uh like it it could be it could have it could be Twitch based. It could be still like uh, jumping around or something, but not murdering people. Right. Yeah. I like. I would really like to do like a Proteus or a Gone Home type yeah, thing. Yeah. That's kind well. of what I'm. I'm leaning towards, but you know, with huge. more. Oh, huge! <laughs> like like a huge budget. Which I mean, everyone wants a huge budget. Yeah. Not, not well. To be fair, not necessarily everyone wants a huge budget, but. Enough time and effort to go in to do it right and yeah. have yeah. it not be... See, I think that's a big difference between a big budget and time to do it right are two totally different Certainly. There's, things. Certainly. There's many... And I would much rather have time than budget. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, just an aside to that. Yeah. You're just full of asides today. I'm all... The, have you listened to this? I, I'm <laughs> uh, the whole, our whole podcast is asides. Aside sometimes. <laughs> it's like, what, what, did we start on a topic? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the meetup group that Gord started for sound designers. We always have a topic. There's always a discussion topic. That but is it's just pro- a good fallback. That is promptly ignored by everyone as soon as we get there. Yeah, yeah. And then it's somebody good. goes, hey, we were going to talk about sample libraries today. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So I got this other plug-in that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Lewis was good at keeping us on point last time. Yeah. She showed up and it was and uh, what was the topic even? Sound libraries. Yeah, well, sound libraries. She, and she then came I talked and made to us talk about it. And then I talked to Jen about cats. Yes. <laughs> Which is how every meetup should go about yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Cats yeah. should be involved. <laughs> Speaking of sound libraries, I did notice that Hiss and Hiss and Aurora just put out a new one. Yeah. As well. And, it was an anniversary one, and it, it yeah. had a sale that is yeah. over by the time you've listened to this. So, oh, yeah, right. Too bad. If you had read DesigningSound.org, you would have seen the uh, news post about it. Yeah, there you go. Plug. <laughs> I think you dropped them. <laughs> well, let me get that real quick. <laughs> uh, I think this has actually been pretty drop-free. I haven't, I haven't dropped any names in this one. 
We could be dropping so many. We're at packs. I could, Shaking well, hands, name you, names, bumping you, elbows. See my Twitter feed last night? No. My picture with Tim Schaefer? I saw that. Oh, after. sweet. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Met, I met Danny B today. Who's Danny B? Danny Baranowski. He did the music for Super Meat Boy. Oh, he did, cool. He did the music for Crypt of the Necrodancer as well. So nice. I've been wanting to meet him for a while. So that, that was cool. Um, he's hilarious. Uh, I finally met uh, Darren Corp. Yeah, yeah, I met him last night too. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, so finally. Cool to be like fawn over him. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys from, there were a few guys from below as well, but I don't yep. think the sound people were there no. at the Sony party. Have you seen the trailer? Listen, the sound in the trailer for below is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's cool. this really high perspective game. Yeah. And y- what you receive is very much sort of this delayed huh. wash. And, and it works. And it works. Totally cool. works. It's not like really out of sync or anything. And then Jim Guthrie's music. Is yeah. Like, he's oh, he's yeah. like a, just a monster. So it sucks they have to have Jim Guthrie's yeah, music Jim in there. Guthrie. I mean, geez. Jeez, like, poor them. <laughs> Whatever. It's cappy. They can do no wrong. Mm. What are your PAX goals? Do you have any like personal PAX goals or is it mainly Nova? Uh, my PAX goals are to make it out like alive. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a worthy... Um, Goal is not succeeded by many. <laughs> we're, we're recording this fifty percent of the way through packs, and I'm already at less than fifty percent capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I was uh, I was lilting a bit at the beginning. Of the what what is everybody doing to stay uh, not plagued? Oh, um, I bought a couple of hand sanitizer pump bottles. Yeah, as per your suggestion. Um, I am I am hand sanitizing like crazy. Um, I have a combination of uh, vitamin C and vitamin D pills and drops in the morning. Mm. And I started in on a uh, ginseng cold pills as well. And then at nights I have a, a, an echinacea throat spray that I can only do right before bed because I did it before a dinner one night and it totally changes everything how you taste. So I got this like – went out <laughs> for the that. audio dinner. I remember that. Met up with a whole bunch of Seattle audio people, which was really awesome. And – I ordered a Coke, and they're like, oh, we just got this local brand. I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. That's fine. And I get it, and I'm like, this tastes horrible. Like, I just some just nasty cola. And then I'm like, okay, just, I'm just going to have some water. I'm like, this water tastes horrible. <laughs> I'm like, it's that spray. So I was just drinking water like crazy before I ate to wash the taste out of my mouth, and it just wouldn't go away. But all those ginseng and vitamin C tablets too much work, so I just got myself an ear infection. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, the day before I flew out, I was like, "Oh, my ear hurts." Go to the clinic. You got an ear infection, but we don't have time to clean it. Yeah. So here's some antibiotics. So I'm just hopped up on antibiotic right, right now. Right. So that's good. Right. Right. So, so you're, you're I don't have whole... to worry about vitamin C or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I'd I'd like to see. I'm just doing the hand sanitizer, so I'm just. Well, we've got a good experiment group here because I'd like to see if you get back (laughs) and are not are like fine. Because the plague, I think the Pax plague trumps all. Well, I mean, if it's viral, I'm still going to get it. Like it's it's some nasty stuff. I'm sanitizing. Yeah. Staying hydrated, drinking a lot of um, nasty tomato juice in the mornings. Mm. Making sure I, I got. See, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the the selling at the booth, so I'm handling a lot of money. So I'm just like sanitizing, oh, yeah. like like touch the money, sanitize, touch the money, sanitize. Like yeah. it's just like constant. So eventually, your your body's just going to evolve to need the sanitizer on your hands. Yeah, probably that or like the the alcohol content is going to like strip away my fingerprints or something. 
Either one is, I think. Yeah, which will go well with the whole lock picking. Maybe your hands will just be very well preserved. <laughs> yeah, the They're rest gonna, of my body is going to, when I die, it's going to shrivel age. up, and that's just my life. going to be perfect. You just baby hand hands forever. <laughs> uh, what's okay with mine is that since I'm not heavily involved in the game, and yeah. that I'm presenting, I'm just presenting, and I didn't even work on it. Yeah. So people aren't like, oh, I have to shake your hand. So nice. No, people aren't shaking my hand because I didn't make the game. And uh, I didn't do anything that impresses them. Right. So they're, the, the fans are happy to I've, uh, not I've, Yeah, I've shook a lot of hands, and I've signed one autograph so far. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, to, yeah, I dropped that, that. You want to pick that up? Yeah. Oh, they're come <laughs> signing autographs. <laughs> Put that back in my pocket for later. You need to come up with some kind of audio autograph. Just be... Like, here's a little USB key. And people put it in their computer, and this is a file that's like, Matt Martinson. <laughs> and not even, not even you saying it. Yeah, I'll get one of our voiceover artists. I'll yeah. get, like, Michael Jobs to do Jones. it, like, in the most awesome, giant voice. <laughs> Matthew Martinson. Matthew Martinson. <laughs> Done. Audio like I'm bankrupt from buying USB sticks. You heard it first here, people. You heard it first here. I think I'm slowly getting used to signing the autographs. Not in a like pompous, like, oh, I've signed autographs kind of way. Just like, oh, that that's something that is asked of me now. It's still weird, but okay. <laughs> you want that. Like, Yeah, I wonder about that. Like, you know, when I got a selfie with Tim Schaefer, let me pick that up real quick. Uh, he um, he was like totally fine. He was like, yeah, no, I felt a little weird about it, yeah. but I, w- I was boozed up enough. It was okay. Yeah. But afterwards, I'm like, he's got to do that like all the time. Just like yeah. anyone is like, hey, I want you to be like preserved in like an image with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just something got to get used to over time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we're all going to have to get used to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially, especially. Well, you're all riding my coattails, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that's going on. The first thing I say when I meet new people is like, hi, my name's Gordon McGlattery. I know Matthew Martinson. That's good. That's good. And it, it you should probably lead with, I know Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. <laughs> that's the only thing I would change about that. <laughs> What's your name? Guy that knows Matthew Martinson. <laughs> We're giving this to you. You can, you can run with this too now, Jack. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm done. I know the guys from Beards, Cats, and the Indie Game Audio. Well, By the way, I'm Jack. Mm, yeah. That's a lot to say, though. You have a very Oh, long... that's okay. Um, you use the acronym. It makes for a very long audio autograph. It does. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, use the acronym. We found a Bakaga is the acronym for the podcast. Rolls off the tongue. Just Is, is, that, uh, is that Canadian for hairy and feline? <laughs> Uh, we actually think it's a Lovecraftian elder god. Who like, so you've said it three times now, so it uh, has summoned the undeath that will consume all of our horror. Yeah, um, yeah we think Bakaga will, will end all sound. I feel a slight rumbling. Yeah. I think that's our tummies. Yeah. yeah so with that, let's call an end to this and okay. go get something to eat. Thanks for talking to us, Jack. Thanks for coming, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Favorite podcast, you guys know that. Love it. Awesome.